Welcome to the final edition of the Summer Racing Podcast for 2022-2023. We've made it all the way to the Ladbrokes Launceston Cup meeting. It's my favourite race day of the summer. Let me welcome in a man who's been tipping winners for fun on this podcast, but I did manage to get one over him. A bit of a flex in the oaks, tipping out the $1.50 pop bear. How good am I? Welcome, Bear Robinson. Hello, Snap. You're looking well, mate. Look fresh. Um, obviously, you've had a good day on the punt, unlike myself, but um, we'll bat up again for Wednesday, and I'm looking forward to tonight's pod, even though it's the last one for the season. Gone fast, hasn't it? I mm. mean, we, we sort of uh, have been doing this for a few months now, and there's sort of different feature meeting every week, and lo and behold, we're at the end of the summer and, and the Lonnie Cup. Uh, we don't have a guest on this week's podcast. We're recording on a Sunday night. We couldn't afford to pay anyone penalty rates to get a guest <laughs> interview on the weekend there. So it's just you and I, but hopefully uh, everyone listening has appreciated the interviews that we've had through the season. And, and thanks to everyone that's given up their time. We'll start um, fresh off the Oaks meeting before we get to Launceston on Wednesday. Bear, we had... Uh, Raul True at Launceston today, a, a good four. It seemed to probably be a day where it was difficult to kind of round them up from the back, although that isn't uncommon at Launceston. Like you say, it wasn't um, it wasn't your best day on the punt, but uh, what caught your eye today at Launceston? Uh, probably Sassy Boom, to be honest. Uh, it did today... Sitting outside Cairns, it put it to the sword coming to the turn. It did today what it did in the um, jump out at Flemington way back in November. So um, I personally thought that was the most impressive winner of the day. And obviously the next couple of races went to script with the favourites winning. One was narrow, but Dirk Warrior was obviously very dominant. So um, the sooner I move on from today's uh, card, though, snap, the better I will be for my mental health. Sassy Boom, the betting interested me in regards to this race bear like the the horse drifted quite a bit started 550 the market was in love with cairns eventually mm. started 245 and i mean clearly connections must have had some idea that uh that sassy boom was was going to do this but certainly the market didn't um it wasn't a bad result for me on the drift cairns was was solid enough but clearly in a, a different sort of class to to Sassy Boom, and, and it probably again highlights Bear that um, we certainly haven't had the best of two-year-old crop this season. Uh, the Oaks sole choice got the job done. I was just looking at uh, the time for this race, Bear. It was 2.09.82. That's the fastest Oaks going all the way back to 2000 as far as the times are on Racing Australia, like 2.09.82. Uh, 2.12.18 was the time of Bundle of Fun last time. So a really tough performance by Soul Choice, who who ran them along at a, at a genuine clip, uh, ran a really fast time and I think best horse wins. And she's been uh, had a, a really super summer down here in Tassie. Yeah, Connections have had a really wonderful time, picked up a fair bit of prize money. Um, I thought Hoops was reasonable in this race as well, Snap, and... Serious Princess set outside Soul Choice and battled on really well. The, obviously, the disappointing horse and race was Butter Boom Baby. It's, it's got a little check going out of straight the first time. It was swishing his tail around for basically the entirety. So whether you put a pen through it for that run, who knows? But, um, you know, you love these horses that put themselves up on pace and give themselves every chance. And as you touched on on 
which our last pot I think it was a dollar eighty sole choice or thereabouts. So um, it's obviously started dollar forty five, and all your followers have obviously cleaned up. Yeah, I don't think she was too hard to find. And you're right, if you're going to take the shorts, it's that that's the type of horse that you want to back, isn't it? Bowling in front, you don't have to worry about traffic traffic issues. When you compare that to a horse like Dunkel that we've seen through the carnival, it's probably taken a few few years off your life taking the shorts about him. Uh, in the derby. Turk Warrior Bear, we were both pretty keen on him and the three- and four-year-old classic and unfortunately fell away a little bit in terms of numbers. Jaguar Stones going around on Wednesday. We'll speak about her a little bit later, but uh, he probably capped off uh, a really good preparation with another good prize check here. He's had a great prep. Um, He's been well-placed and, you know, he sort of he owned the race. He said outside, well, Rika was always going to be a risk at 1,400 and come to the turn. You didn't want to be on anything else other than the Turk. And when Ismail pushed the go button, the race was well beyond a doubt. He put it away pretty handily and, mm. and found plenty in the run to the line. So uh, it's been really pleasing, I think, to see Turk Warrior come up and win a, a couple of good races this prep. It was a real query entering the summer on where he fits in and, yeah, he's not as good as the inevitable, but I think he's still up there with our with our best of the open class sprinters. Uh, just to put a bow on Launceston today, Bear. I mean, it was a reasonably okay day in terms of um, most of the winners were reasonably well found. There were a couple of blowouts either end of the program. Move not move on over a newcomer for for Johnny Luttrell. I thought uh, in race four, O'Reilly McLuke was a bit stiff, a big running defeat, caught wide there and boxed on to be beaten only half a length. There might be one for him or that horse somewhere along the line. But uh, we'll move on from Launceston Oaks Day because we want to get stuck into Launceston Cup Day. As I said, Bear, I'm really pumped for Wednesday. Uh, I'll be up there doing the Taz Racing TV coverage. We've got a 10-race card and... Gee whiz, it's going to take a long time to do the mm. form for, for this one, Bear. Ten races, 145 horses, sorry, 143 horses, big fields. Uh, I think we'll get plenty of value, uh, particularly in a lot of the races outside of the features. But we'll start with the Cup Bear. You were good enough to find military mission in Hobart. Uh, that horse is the favourite for Launceston, and there's a 100,000 Dollar double cups bonus on the line for connections of military mission, who is two dollars eighty with Ladbroke Spirit Ridge is three eighty Aurora Symphony six dollars. They're the three that are single figures. Kick us off, mate. Well, I've got my four numbers already picked out here, Snap. So I've obviously had a bit of time uh, to do this. Um, I reckon you might know what one of the numbers is. I was handing you on a Friday night asking you why this horse was such big odds. So I've. Uh, I think military mission is obviously the one to beat. I know it goes at two and a half kilos, but it was a dominant winner of the Hobart Cup and obviously Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott's horses are flying. So I think it'll get a similar run than it got that it got in the Hobart Cup. But I also think as a ranker at $26 is a really nice bet each way. Um, it's drawn a lot better, so hopefully it can sort of jam itself down on the fence and get a nice economical run. So as a rank would be my main bet on the day, for uh, or in the cup at least. Um, I also think um, if Travelling Gigolo can actually handle quite a few of the, the bends or turns, 
I think it can really be in the finish. But I think Hobart's track probably suits the Jiggle a bit better. And rounding out my top four, it'd be either Spirit Ridge or Aurora Sympathy last year's winner who's going to get um, a perfect run on the fence. So, um, yeah, I think military mission is definitely the one to beat, but as a ranker, I think is is the value of the day, really. Wow, big call. $26 for Asa Ranker. She is with Ladbrokes at the moment. Uh, this is a cracking edition of the Lonnie Cup, I reckon, Bear. Like, it's got a reasonably long tail, but most cups do. Uh, but, I mean, there's a, there's a few different angles. We've got a lot of them coming via Hobart, and then we've got that Citizen Cup form, which is probably a run below. But I definitely agree with you if looking to find one there, like, as a rank has doubled the price of Super Swoop at, at 13s and they cross the line together in the Citizen Cup, that doesn't really make a hell of a lot of sense to me. Uh, military mission, yeah, the way he exploded over the last couple of hundred metres in, in Hobart Bear, Barrier 2 there, uh, Barrier 3 in Launceston. The two and a half kilo penalty, did you think that's fair? I think obviously when you said the other night it went up nine or ten points, I thought, gee, that's going to be sort of the sort of four or five kilos potentially. But two and a half, I mean, it, it did win pretty convincingly. So, um, yeah, we'll find out at five o'clock on Wednesday if it's fair or not, mate. Yeah, we do. When I did my runner by runner for this race on Friday night, I was sort of looking at the history of the Lonnie Cup. East Ender did the Hobart Lonnie Cup double four years ago, but only had a half kilo more in Launceston than he did in Hobart. So, I mean, two and a half kilos is, is nothing to be sneezed at. It was a really genuinely run Hobart Cup. Like, they went a couple of seconds quicker uh, than Ho-Ho Khan did the year before. So I can see why uh, the horse and even the, the runner-up travelling Gigolo got 10 rating points. Uh, obviously, the assessors of, of sort of putting a lot of faith in, in that Hobart Cup and uh, that it was generally run in a, in a high-rating race, which I'd certainly agree with. Um, I thought Spirit Ridge was a, a big run in, in the Hobart Cup Bear. He, he drew ideally, but Blake Shin was three wide for probably the second half of the race and hit the front at the top of the straight, but was a sitting shot for the Quinella who had the most economical runs. When I did my market for this race, I was actually happy to to keep him as favourite. I have him at about four bucks, um, which doesn't necessarily make him a bet, and I'd probably need a drift to get involved. But I just thought given the run he had in Hobart, the fact he started favourite there, uh, he went pretty good. And I thought he's entitled to be favourite here again. He does draw poorly in 12, but... We've got Blake Shin to, to try and overcome that. So I thought uh, he's happy to – I was happy to have him on top. Aurora Symphony is a really interesting runner here, Bear. They obviously targeted this race last year, went via the Colac Cup. They've done that again this year, but he arrives second up and he was deep into the preparation last year. You give him a strong chance of going back-to-back? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously, since he won last year, I mean, even the Geelong Cup performance, he's only been beaten just over four lengths. Um, to the Melbourne Cup runner-up and Shawfire, so that's pretty decent form um, coming to Tasmania and getting in over only a kilo and a half over the minimum. And Blake McDougall's a gun jockey, so um, it's going to get every chance. Might even get a similar run to what it got last year. Yeah, gun to my head at the moment, probably him each way would be my my main bet at 
the moment. I did have a couple of spec bets on the all-in market, just small travelling gigolo, small Lazarenka and small on class warrior. Uh, but you're right, I just think Aurora Symphony gets the gun run. The win in the Colac Cup was pretty impressive and we know that form is now good enough to win a Lonnie Cup based on what this horse did last year. He rises one and a half kilos. He had the minimum in 2022. He's got 55 and a half in 2023, but he carried five kilos more to win the Colac Cup this year, Bear, than he did last year. So uh, the setup's really good. Dark Dream, I thought, was a, a big loser from the barrier draw. I thought he was a, a pretty good run in Hobart, but barrier 14 uh, definitely makes it tough. And Travelling Gigolo, he was super in Hobart. I thought looking back through his form bear, because it's easy to kind of peg him as a Hobart horse, but he really doesn't have a lot of exposed form at Launceston. His four runs at the track have all been over a mile or shorter, and we know that he's just an out-and-out stayer. Four of his six career wins have been at, at 2,100. So is your gut feel that that he might struggle a little bit with Lonnie? I know you mentioned the, the track before. Oh, it's more so like just the he's a big horse and there's a lot of turns. And I obviously take your point that his runs previously have been over unsuitable distances, but I just think when they're turning and turning, like he's not going to get the same sucky run he got on the fence last time. I don't think. Yeah, it'd be it'd be tougher for Dave, and there's no denying that Scotty's horses go a lot better at home. You've got to put the proverbial white shorts on to drive up mm. the Midlands and, and go to Lonnie. I think if this race was in Hobart again, he'd be a cracking each way bet bear. Yeah. But there's there's definitely that sort of lingering query around Launceston. And uh, he's entitled to be shorter. I thought 11, 12 bucks is, is right. So uh, I think this is going to be a genuinely run race again, bear too, just given the big field and most of the speeds drawn wide, like Brewhorse, yeah, Skyway Star, uh, Rising Light, um, even Spirit Ridge probably comes across. So I think every horse should get their chance. And one thing I love about I've loved about the carnival so far, and we'll touch on some of our um, favourite performances of the carnival a bit later, is that the best horses won most of uh, the best races, and I think that'll probably be the case again. Uh, Hundred dollar strategy time again, mate. And I should preface this by saying that. Uh, Taz Racing, I had a chat to them during the week. Our podcast betting strategy is a bit in front. You're doing a bit better than me. I had 80 on sole choice, so we'll make about a $40 profit there, mate. But I'm still, what have I got? Three, I've got to make up about 300 on you on the Lonnie Cup. Uh, between us, we've made a profit of about 600. Taz Racing going to make a donation, win, lose, or draw based on how we go in. Uh, Launceston cover of a thousand bucks to the oh, nice. National Jockeys Trust. So oh, we've sort of ha- had a bit of fun with this staking strategy, and we'll essentially put the profits towards uh, the National Jockeys Trust. Um, we couldn't bet on the show if it wasn't for them. So happy to make a small contribution. But yeah, you're about three hundred bucks ahead of me, mate. Are you going well, to be conservative and, and just try and nurse it across the line or really go hammer and tongs I'm and be a, blow me out of the water? I'm going to be a gentleman and let you go first for once. All right. Uh, I am going to go seeing where at the end of the season. There's there's no point hiding anywhere. Uh, we'll go 80 on Aurora Symphony. Yep. 
Actually, we'll put the lawn on Aurora Symphony. 100 on Aurora Symphony. I was going to go 80 on Auroras and 20 on Travelling Gigolo, but the two, 20 at 20 at uh, 10s or whatever it might be is not going to do me any good. So we're going to yeah. go 100 on Aurora Symphony. All right. I'm going to have 70 on Aurora Sympathy and 30 on Azaranka. Jeez, now I'm in trouble, aren't I? <laughs> uh, well, let's go. Are we happy to – I might even lock in the – Let's go fix, and then we'll know who's going to win. Yeah, well, straight the six, $6 available with laddies at the moment. I reckon I'd lock that in. This horse was pretty well found last year from memory in, in the Lonnie Cup. Big group of owners. Uh, I think the stables are a really canny one. Simon Wilde is obviously targeted this race again. I think if the track plays how Lonnie can often play on Cup Day Bear, which is a bit to the front, a bit to the inside – him drawing gate one and mapping for the absolute grouse run, he might be one that the market comes for. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll lock in sixes there. And um, you want to take the fixed price about Azarenka? Yep, definitely. All right, so we'll lock that in. Uh, and I've been as good as defeated by you in this competition, and that's fair enough. You've done a terrific job. It could have been different had that uh, that Azaranka super swoop photo oh. in the Citizen Cup bears probably ended up being the the swing result. But uh, that that was a good that was the biggest collect of the season so far. Nine twenty best tote, if you don't mind about that. So silly price. Uh, Absolutely. So we'll close it out. Hopefully Aurora Symphony can go back-to-back for us or Azarenka for an upset. But like I said, uh, a $1,000 donation from Taz Racing going to the National Jockeys Trust. Uh, Let's go back to the hell of a street bear. Uh, You gave us a bit of a scoop last week about the inevitable and just having to deal with the trials and tribulations of Scott Peter Brunton and uh, his thoughts on the horse and whether he will or he won't. Will he or won't he be running in the hell of a street because it really comes down to, to that? Yeah, at this stage, I'd say definitely will run. Uh, they're really happy with him still. Um, got a little scoop for you there, though. We had um, Jack Rewalt flew down today for a bit of all-star mile um, exposure and – can you guess which journalist flew down for the uh, story? Jeez, I couldn't. I couldn't even think. Channel Seven. Hamish McLaughlin. No, not quite as big as Hamish. But when now Scotty didn't know who he was, he goes, oh, "I think he's on the footy in that." They crossed him after the game, so none other than Tom Brown. All oh, right. Are you yeah. are you happy with how uh, the voting's going for the All Star Mile with the little fella? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I think we're on about nearly 3,800. So just got to put a gap on the 11th position in the uh, voting. Um, obviously, we're never going to be as big a name at the moment as Alligator Blood or I'm Thunderstruck or oh, I Wish I Win, who's third at the moment, who um, Moody's assistant trainer said yesterday that they're not even going to the All-Star Mile. So that bumps us up the position to another spot. So, um, yeah, I think it's good. I mean, we've been really lucky, like Taz Racing, you've got right behind it. Peter Staples has been great. Jackie and Holly from the Taz Racing marketing team have been awesome as well. So, um, you know, we're, we, we're giving ourselves a chance to to get in there. And at the moment, the votes are trending in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't voted for him, make sure you do. And everyone attending the Launceston races get behind the champ on the day. So the hell of a street. Uh, is this the first year that this has been called the hell of a street bear or the second? 
Good question. But Scotty did say to me a couple of months ago, he goes, I really want to win the hell of a street stakes because obviously what hell of a street did for Scotty and his business and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I know he's very determined to to win a race named in um, one of his best horses, honour. It is the first year known as the Steve's Liquor Hell of a Street Stakes. So uh, I love that this race has been honoured with, with Hell of a Street. Uh, market for this one, Bear, the inevitable is $1.50. Predetern, who was second favourites, come out. He was a Group 2 winner for Matt Brown. He ran yesterday. Um, we were talking off air. It wasn't brilliant. So uh, mm. the inevitable is $1.50. First accused, $7.50. Alpine Wolf, $8.50. Swoop Dogs is a really interesting runner here, Bear. Obviously flopped in the Hobart Cup last week, and Johnny Black had quickly hits reset, drops 800 metres to run mm. in the hell of a street. Jeez, he'd be a hard horse to, to back off that setup, wouldn't he? Yeah, especially with the 10-day backup. Um, but Johnny Black's horses are in form, so you can't doubt what Johnny Black is doing at the moment. I couldn't find a spot for it in my numbers, but um, yeah, I think it'll sort of be a similar type of um, – set up to last start hopefully the inevitable wins and i think alpine wolf first accused and sir simon will battle battle out for second third and fourth how many nightmares have you had in the last 12 months thinking about mandela effect in mm. this race last year well it's just been rehatched when we were taxing um i think it was friday night and you said he was unlucky last year and i said uh yeah how about you look at the year before that as well and then the year before that he won, I don't know how he won. So um, you take the good with the bad. Yeah, he's um, he's an interesting horse, isn't he, from the standpoint that he, he sort of – I had to look back through his history. Like I think at one point he'd won over half his career starts and now mm. he's sort of 25 starts without a win, which probably gives him a rap that he doesn't necessarily deserve because he's been stiff plenty of times in that time. You get D Oliver on Wednesday, yeah. that's a big – Big push, and uh, it's great to have the champ riding at the meeting, that's for sure. Um, I think probably Bear Alpine Wolf is the one that, if for whatever reason the inevitable doesn't win, I thought he was really good with the shades on in Hobart, and, and based on what he did in the Devonport Cup over 1880, I think the mile will be fine for him. So he's probably the one that I'd be looking at uh, for maybe to run a drum, but Dollar fifty is about where I marked the inevitable, and I'm not real keen to take it. But he's probably uh, one out for the quarter, I would imagine, and hopefully he does something similar to what he did in Hobart Bears and gives everyone another reason to vote for him for the All Star Mile. Yep, that anxiety in the guts is already there, Snap. So I'll have that to about four twenty-eight on Wednesday. So um, yeah, I mean, with it, a horse like this. It creates large expectations that he goes out there and wins, and we both know it's not as simple as that. Um, so hopefully he has every a good run in transit and some nice luck, and we can come down the middle of the track and hopefully uh, get another win, and then all roads lead to Mooney Valley in three and a half weeks, all being well. I know you mentioned that he, he's pulled up a little bit sore a couple of times from Launceston, but geez, he's got an outstanding record there, doesn't mm. he? Seven starts for, for six wins, the inevitable. So... Uh, probably not a punt race, the hell of a street, but uh, another great opportunity to see hopefully the all-star mile bound the inevitable. On that note, we'll take a short break, come back and preview the Vamos. A place in the all-star mile. It's inevitable.
Put your support behind Tasmania's only nomination for the 2023 All-Star Mile, The Inevitable. Vote for The Inevitable and go into the running to win $250,000. Head to allstarmile.com.au. The Armadale Stud Vamos Stakes Bear, it is at Group 3 level. Uh, we've got one early scratching here defining, which means the emergency Lunares comes into the field, a 66 Raider, but probably one that they can potentially run a race. So uh, that scratching is probably an important one to, to know that that horse is getting a start in this field. It's a very open betting race bear. As I go to the market now with Ladbrokes and Bella 550, take the sit won this race last year, $6. Emily is sevens, but I assume she won't run it after she ran second in Launceston today. So expecting her to come out. Serene Striker 950, a reward achiever and defiant diva 11, Queenborough Flyer 10. So it's a race bear where I think kind of the corporates have thrown their hands up in the air a little bit. Mm. I don't necessarily blame them. This does look uh, a pretty open race. Kicks off with the Vamos. It's a very tough race, and I think there's a lot of horses in this race that are in good form, but a, a suspect of 1,400. So um, their form says so. They're obviously racing really well, and when mares are in form, they tend to knock on the door and nearly get a victory. But I just, um, I'm really keen on Reward Achiever here at around $11. I know it's coming back from the Devonport Cup trip, but it's got a gun record at the 1,400-metre at Launceston, um, at the track, it's won five times. It's won six times at the distance. So I just thought, like, you might have more intel than me from this stable, but um, if this horse is working well, I'd be surprised if it doesn't start a bit shorter than what it currently is at the moment. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I haven't had a chance to chat to, to Steve-O about uh, this horse, but you're right, Bear, uh, Track and distance, five starts, four wins, one second. Track, eight starts, five wins, three minor placings. Steve-O always had marked this race for mm. Reward Achiever, and he mentioned that going into uh, the Sheffield Cup and the Golden Mile, and I think she was just going too well and the prospect of having a live chance in his hometown cup was too good to pass up, and absolutely fair enough. And uh, now he's sort of probably six weeks, about six weeks between runs, dropping back and trip. She gets a m- great map. She'll land in the first few. Uh, I completely agree with you, Bear. I think she's probably should be about where Take the Sit is in the market, who um, was very plain in the Winsenberg, uh, sort of ran up to a big market drift there and has since had a setback, missed the bow mistress. She comes in here with a couple of trials, but uh, gate 14, she drew perfectly last year and just got the absolute dream run to to win this race. Uh, but to think that she comes up far shorter here off that setup, um, she's probably the one that I think will be a big drifter. And Bella Bear, you picked up strongly for her in the bow mistress and was a touch stiff. Uh, she's probably another one that, as you said, and we flagged this after we've reviewed the bow mistress is that a lot of these don't necessarily have strong 1400 meter records, but you'd think the way that she hit the line and draws for a, a cushy run, you can see why the, why the bookies have kept her safe. Yeah, you can, but she's never started at the, at the distance. So there's just, I sometimes think we get sucked in a little bit fast run race and they run on and you think, oh, he, 
they'll get 1,400 or a mile. And sometimes they just might be good sprinters held up and just love 11 or 1,200. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if she won, but I just, I don't know, as I said, I've gone for a horse in this race that I know is generally going to get 1,400. So, yeah, I mean, in Bella was great in Hobart, but I just thought reward achiever each way was a little bit of a um, safer bet. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm just, I don't think the winner's going to come um, from the bow mistress. I mean, kind of beauty's in the eye of the beholder a little bit if you want to take that form line. Like Serene Striker was a, a super run and, and she's going great. Miss Tuppence was three wide, no cover, and she started about five bucks in this race last year in her stride, uh, nearly fell over down down the back and so you can mm. make a, a case for her at Queenborough Flyer that was a bit disappointing and I'm not sure she's a, a 1400 meter horse either so um yeah I'm in complete agreement with you Bear I, I have had an early bet on Reward Achiever it looks as though we'll lose a little bit of the ticket with Emily coming out but I'd be surprised if she doesn't start shorter as well and pretty keen on her each way chances and uh, we'll try and have a chat to Steve-O before Wednesday to, to see how she's come through that Denport run where she did stick on pretty well, Bear. She led yeah. them there at a genuine clip and, and was only beaten three, so it was a good run there as well. But the Vamos could easily be a race that injects a bit of value into the quaddy, as was the case with the Bow Mistress in Hobart. Uh, the other race that we're going to have a look at in a bit of detail, Bear, is a ripper, the PFD Food Services three-row classic over 1,200 metres. It's worth 100 grand. We haven't got a market for this one, uh, but Miami Sun was favourite in the uh, three-year-old handicap, the Carbine Club down in Hobart the other week when beaten by Muscle Up, who's also here. Sistine was in that race too, finished second. Uh, she's here as well. We've got Pink Beauty who's having a great preparation. Jaguar Stone missed the Magic Millions race today, Bear, uh, to run here. And Blonde Vetcher, who dead heated with Jaguar Stone on this day 12 months ago, is also here. And I haven't mentioned Bold Instinct, who's a live chance as well. So, again, this is one of those races where you could really make a case for all of them. Have you got a firm idea about who's going to win? Uh. Uh, oh, not so much firm, but as you said, it's a really good race and you'd like to own any of these horses in this race. So luck's going to play play a big part. Who comes away the winner here? Um, I'll be interested what price Zulu Angel goes up. Obviously coming back in trip isn't great, but if they overcooked it up front, then Zulu Angel, uh, who when was first up at Launceston way back on Newmarket night, was a tragedy beaten and its form since then has been really good. So I think if they if they ran along up front and Zulu Angel was sort of be able to stay in contact with them at the 600, it might be able to get over the top of them, and it'll probably go up, I reckon, 8 or $10, because I think a couple of these from the Hobart, uh, Miami Sun and Muscle Up are going to be pretty well found. So, um, and obviously Bold Instinct was off the map last start as well. So I think there'll be... It'd be interesting what the market does here, but um, out of the Hobart race, I know Muscle Up had had all the favours, but I still want to be on Muscle Up out of the Hobart race. But I just thought if they went a little bit too hard, then Zulu Angel might get down the outside and knock them all off. 
Yeah, you mentioned the favours with Muscle Up, but he, he gets them again here, doesn't he, from Barrier yeah. One and, and B McCool. So he's a box ticker. Uh, he was beaten by Zulu Angel two starts back, but he was wide the trip from an awful gate. Muscle Up, senior rider, goes on Miami Sun. Dave uh, puts D Gannon on. He'll be back and giving a start. And as we saw today, Bear, uh, it was tough to win with that pattern uh, in Launceston. Rail goes out plus three. Uh, fine warm weather forecast, though, so I'll be racing on a on a good surface. I probably need a little bit of a premium to be backing Muscle. Uh, sorry, Miami Sun in a deeper field just off a map that probably has him back and needing to circle them. Jaguar Stone's a really interesting runner here. I think Bear. Uh, I spoke to Adam Trinder early on in the preparation when I was interviewing him after a race. I think it was either the three-year-old cup or the, the three-year-old trophy, Bellow Bow won, and, and Jaguar Stone ran second. And he alluded to Jaguar Stone getting blinkers on at some point and, and probably being a different horse when she does get them. He waited all preparation, and now the shades go on, dropping from 16 back to 12 having run in the 1,000 guineas on the 22nd of January, so essentially a month between runs. They obviously could have ran in the 1,400-metre race today but but choose to come back to 12. Blake Shin's booked. Bad Gates, probably the, the real knock, isn't it, Bear? No idea mm. where she gets to in the run, whether she's maybe ridden a bit closer with the shades on, but traditionally she's been a horse that's been allowed to get back and, and work through her gears. Yeah, but uh, you're offset the gate by arguably the most informed jockey coming to the meeting. So, um, I mean, if you had seen a couple of Blake's rides yesterday at Flemington, I'm sure that he'll be able to find a spot for Jaguar Stone. But obviously, granted, Barry Nine's a bit tricky, but Blake Shin will take care of that, mate. Yeah, you've convinced me. I think she'll get me for something, Jaguar Stone. I just the a gear change, particularly for Adam Trinder stable like that, Blinkers first times. Uh, huge for her. So I'll probably at least save on her. But, yeah, Bear, this is going to be a race where uh, I think um, the market will probably dictate my plays, and I don't attack it with a ton of confidence. It's a super race. But, um, yeah. yeah, there's only a couple of them I'd really be putting the pen through. Uh, before we move on from this Launceston meeting, and I, uh, I did just want to touch very quickly on the Royal Rambo uh, because that's an, another really good field, Bear. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Galenus in this race. How's he ticking over? Yeah, he had a jump out about three weeks ago, and I reckon I could have beaten him. So um, that was after probably a week and a half after he raced at Devonport where he went horrendous. Um, he had a jump out last Friday maybe. No, maybe last. When were the trials last week, Snap? Uh, Thursday, Wednesday. I think. Thursday, yeah. I think. Yeah, so he had a good jump out there, and he actually went a bit better. So um, he won this race last year. Hopefully uh, the jock rides him for a bit of pace, bounces on the bunny. Obviously, Liffy Bow and Julius are going to put a bit of heat on him, but he won this race last year pretty well. So um, hopefully uh, he's actually won on this day the last two season, uh, two years, so hopefully we can make it three in a row. The stable mate Lalo Pluckle takes some beating. Mm. You think if he runs up to what he did in in the Ladbroke Stakes, I mean we we discussed it then. He's absolutely airborne this preparation. Gate twelve, not ideal, but maybe that juices the price up a little bit. I, I haven't done this race in great detail, but I, I'd be pretty keen to have something on him. I suspect. Yeah, just a tricky gate. Um, that's up to Dave to uh, 
to deal with that, mate. So, um, yeah, I mean, the horses, uh, he, at, from a, a lower level point of view, obviously he was great last up, but I don't reckon there's been a horse that's improved as much as Lolo Pluck this racing season, as we touched on the other week. I'm sure the listeners will be able to tell us one, but I just think the way Lolo Pluck's gone from last preparation to this preparation is a credit to everyone involved. Absolutely. He has been super. All right, that's Lonnie Cup Day. Ten races, big full fields, weather superb. Can't wait to get up to Launceston and, and put a bow on what's been an outstanding Ladbroke Summer Racing Festival. On that note, Bear, you gave me a little bit of homework today. You, you messaged through what we might cover on the podcast. I was barely struggling to stay upright because I had too many beers last night. But uh, you mentioned we're going to do our top three highlights of the carnival. Uh, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, and this is self-indulgent for me this year. I'm sorry, so apologies in advance. So I'll start with number my third highlight. Um, I thought the inevitable win in the new market. Um, he came from a long way back and it was just with 59 and a half kilos, I think it was a breathtaking win and was obviously a sign of great things to come. So that's my third highlight. The second highlight is a general one. It's uh, the way Johnny Black has gone and Ziggy Carr have gone about winning majority of the Cups. Obviously, they, they didn't win the Hobart Cup last week, but they've obviously got a couple of chances in the Lonnie Cup on Wednesday. But just ticking the amount of Cups that they've won this season is a credit to the way John Stable is going, but also the way Ziggy Carr has been riding, particularly in the distance races. And my number one, and it's probably panels apart from everyone else was last Sunday when the little fella won at um, Hobart. Lucky enough to be with a few mates in the grandstand, carried on like it won the Melbourne Cup. Colin McNiff's call will be etched in my memory forever and just the vibe on track, having people come up and chat to you after the horses won and just the general chitter chat you have during the week about people that were at Hobart on, on Hobart Cup Day that you think have no interest in horse racing. I even had my uh, uh, coffee shop, Plain Jane in Moona, if you want to ever get down there, he actually said to me Monday morning, he goes, wow, how good was your horse yesterday? And I thought he would be the last person that would have any interest in horse racing. So, um, yeah, so the little fella winning last week was my highlight of the uh, summer carnival. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to not have him in there somewhere in no particular order. I mean, I'll, I'll touch on his performance bear in the in the Winsenberg to even start the preparation. Like, uh, I gave him little to no chance of, of mm-hmm. winning that race that day. I think maybe I marked him seven or eight bucks and just thought big weight. How's he come back? I'd, I'd prefer to see it. But being on track that day and, and the way he exploded – it, it was just unreal, and, and you knew at that point in time that he was back to his absolute best. So there's no doubting the inevitable has just been the star of this carnival. He's a lay-down Mazair to win the, the horse of the year, and, and rightfully so. Um, highlight for me, Bear, was the carpet charge and just having that yeah, brought good. into to the calendar. Uh, seeing the emotion of uh, Glenn Stevenson and Ismail Toker and an uncle with the win of, of Turk Warrior, it, it meant everything to them. And, and having that race injected into the program has breathed life into a whole heap of other races as well. Uh, we touched on the Labroke Stakes was an absolute corker uh, a couple of weeks ago. And um, I think, yeah, just 
credit to everyone involved in getting the carpet charge up and running. Ladbroke's got behind it. It was an outstanding uh, vibe on track, and, and Ladbroke's did a terrific job with that. Uh, and my final highlight there, I think I'll just go with probably the emergence of Rebel Factor as well. Uh, he's a horse that's probably been good to both you and I mm. uh, on the punt, although I do recall early on in his career where he was a good thing licked at Launceston one day when we were on at big price. I think they might have oh. been in, in a class one. Oh. And it's disappointing that we didn't get to see the best of him last week uh, in the Thomas Lions because he is a much better horse than that. And I, I think we saw it in the conquering. But for him to do what he did in, in that race, and let's be honest, that's easily the closest that anyone's come to knocking yeah. off the inevitable this preparation. And I don't think I was alone in thinking for a few moments there that the little champ was in strife for a bit there. So I think we've unearthed a really good horse in Rebel Factor. And I think if you go back 12 months on this podcast, Bear, I was mentioning sort of where are our stars, where are our really good horses. A few of them have dropped off. Well, we've got the inevitable back, uh, Rebel Factor. I think he's a jet. Bello Bow went huge at, yeah. at Flemington yesterday, Group 2 level sitting outside a, a genuine speed and being beaten a length by horses that have got proven Group 1 company. So uh, I think it's still been a little while since we've had a Tassie winner on the mainland, but I think we've got some really good horses at the top of our ranks and sort of as you said at the time and last year, like you kind of just need to be patient and hopefully they'll come through and I think that's what's happened. Yeah, Grant, just back to your number two highlight, mate. I think it was great how the racing club engaged all the sporting clubs as well. Um, so hopefully that continues and you can get those sporting clubs on track, not just for Cup Day, but just for the, the standard meetings going forward. So hats off to the to the club for in, more so engaging with the outside um, community to get them involved. And I suppose that's a bit similar to our um, stuff we did at the basketball, the jack jumps on Thursday night, like – for racing to grow, we've got to continue to put it out there into different sporting fields. So, um, you know, any publicity is good publicity. And um, the Devonport Racing Club on that day has got to be really applauded for what they did. Yeah, agree with that. And it certainly helps attract a new audience to not only racing, but getting them in the gates as well. Uh, have you got a Bears brief for us this week, mate, or are you continuing to run your advertisement service for various events around the state? School fees are expensive, Snap, so, you know. <laughs> we do have to keep the sponsors happy. Yeah, that's very true. So um, we didn't have a winner for the uh, the graphic design sideline series um, full set of the Tasmanian Legends card. So... We need people to jump on after you post this or the Taz Racing people post this on Twitter. We need you to comment underneath it before midday on Wednesday, $100 staking plan on the Launceston Cup. So, um, yeah, we just need a few more people to enter and hopefully the people that enter can put the nail in the coffin and uh, get the win and uh, take home um, the full set of the Tassie Legends series. Maybe people thought it was some kind of phishing scam bear and that we're just trying to get people's details or something. That's not true. It's legitimate. We've Let's got a not set. talk about fish on this podcast, Snap. <laughs> We've got a terrific set of these cards, which are just outstanding. So yeah. try and find a winner in the Lonnie Cup. Get on their tweet. You get something for nothing. Um, what are you waiting for? 
Snap special this week, Bear. I just want to give a shout out to Staples, Peter Staples, who is just about on the verge of hanging up the boots. Um, Lonnie Cup Day is essentially going to be his last day as a, as a working journalist. I think he's doing some Sky Thoroughbred Central coverage as well. But he's obviously been involved in the game a hell of a lot longer uh, than I have. I, I only knew Stapes a little bit before I started working at, at Taz Racing, but um, he's been a good mate in that time. Um, he's taught me a few bits and pieces along the way about things or about how I approach things and how I could perhaps take a little bit more tact at times. But uh, like I say, he's been a good mate of mine, Stapes. He'll continue to be long after he leaves the industry and, and love him or hate him. There's no denying the contribution that he's made and uh, the work that he puts in still at the age of 70, driving across the state to all these meetings. I mean, he was in Launceston today. Uh, he's doing a piece at the sales tomorrow. He'll be up there for, for four or five days. And like I say, the, the bloke's in his 70s, so he's worked hard all the way to the end, and I think he deserves um, a bit of a shout-out and a bit of recognition, and uh, we'll hopefully do a few things for him, I think, at, internally at Taz Racing, but wanted to mention that on the podcast as well. Well said, Snap, and, and whatever Pete's done over the journey has, has always been for the benefit of Tasmanian racing, promoting it in the right way. So um, I'm sure he'll have a touch of sadness come Wednesday night, but um, he can rest assured he's done everything he possibly can to make Tasmanian racing as good as it can be. Well, he's going on a cruise not mm. long after the Lonnie Cup there, so uh, he'll literally be sailing off <laughs> into the sunset <laughs> uh, not long after. That wraps up another big podcast, mate. I have to give a special thanks to you. Um, the listeners will hopefully appreciate, but um, you've obviously got your own business and full-time work outside of the racing industry. This is a bit of fun for us, and I think we've probably got it to the point, Bear, where this podcast is probably a staple of the, the summer carnival each year, and I know everyone that we've spoken to is really forthcoming and giving positive feedback. And I think we really appreciate it because at the end of the day, we're sort of recording this uh, in our spare time. Uh, like I said before we come on here, I was sort of asking the wife whether she wants me to do this in the bedroom or whether I get to do it out in the lounge room, <laughs> but we're out in the lounge room tonight. So I no, appreciate you giving up your time and us being able to find uh, a few holes in the calendar and punch out the podcast each week. It's It's been great fun. Yeah, I obviously thank you, Snap, for producing it every week. Um, you obviously spend more time on it than me from that point of view. But I, I suppose your touch on it's gone really quick. And I suppose when you enjoy doing something from a week-to-week basis, um, it, 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 you sit on here for an hour and you actually enjoy talking about something we're both passionate about. And whatever we say in here, we want to just make sure we give some exposure to Tasmanian racing because it is a good product and it's full of great participants who work their backsides off. So um, you know, I'd love to be able to do it every week, but um, whether the interest would wane over the 12-month period is another question. But um, thanks for your help, and hopefully the listeners have enjoyed it as well over the last 12 weeks. Absolutely. Well said, mate. We'll go out with a bang on Ladbrokes Launceston Cup Day. It's going to be a beauty. Are you heading up or are you going to work? No, well, Wednesday's actually the day I don't work, believe it or not. So, um I'm just trying to work out which way I approach, whether little Billy comes with me or I get a leave pass um, to uh, venture there without the little fella. So we're just working on that at the moment. All right. Look forward to seeing you up there. Good luck to everyone, uh, whether you have a runner or not, if you're having a bed. And uh, we'll see you on Launceston Cup Day.